Welcome to the Red Letter Christians podcast. Red Letter Christians gets our name from the Bibles that highlight the words of Jesus in red. And we're aspiring to live as if Jesus meant the stuff he said. We know that the loudest, most prominent voices representing Christianity in America haven't always been the most beautiful or the most faithful voices. And we know that the way we change the narrative is by changing the narrators. We are committed to amplifying the voices of people who are dedicated to Jesus and to justice. Hello, everybody. This is Shane Claiborne, and I'm so glad that you could join and listen in or watch the show. Uh, We are recording from Philadelphia, where I've got a little baby now, a one-month-old baby, and I've been thinking every morning when I'm holding that crying baby, I've been thinking about um, all of those babies and children in Gaza. Um, And we're, we, I think many of us right now have very heavy hearts for the world, and particularly for, um, I mean, last I heard heard it's it's over a hundred sometimes a hundred and fifty children that are dying uh from the 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 violence of the state of Israel in Gaza and we all grieve those lives that were lost on October 7th uh, 1200 lives every one of them precious made in the image of God and yet since October 7th we've seen thousands and thousands and thousands of precious lives uh lost uh, in Gaza and if you're not upset about any child that's born something and that is killed, something is is wrong with our hearts. And so compassion is not a limited resource. We've got to figure out how to call for a ceasefire and also for an end to the occupation, for uh, uh, Palestine to be free, for their lives to be recognized as equally precious as every life outside of Palestine. Um, I'm really um, uh, honored today to be in conversation with a special guest who um, has been um, a voice for interfaith cooperation, for uh, liberation, for do- for love, really. Uh, Dr. Fahed Abu Akhel uh, is an incredible pastor. He's in a lot of worlds, but in the Presbyterian world and down in Georgia. I'm from Tennessee, uh, Dr. Fahed, and uh, I um, know that you've done a lot of work around peacemaking. You've won awards for it. You've been recognized by your denomination and beyond for your tremendous work, but you're also from Galilee. And uh, so I'm I'm so glad to be in conversation with you. Thank you for your work over these many, many years, brother. And thank you for all you're doing right now. It's great to be with you, Shane. Uh, as I think about your statement, every time I see the children of Gaza, I see myself. I am a child of the Nakba. So in 1948, I was four years old. And the only thing I remember about the war is basically going with my father, five sisters, and two brothers. As a four-year-old kid, you are close to mother than anybody else. So I can see every time I see the children of Gaza, I see myself like in a television screen mm-hmm. running around dad, five sisters, and two brothers looking for my mother. And uh, suddenly I look and she's on the top of the roof and waving her hand. So we left her and we went up the east not the north toward Lebanon, but east to the mountain, uh, to a Druze village. Hmm. And we were put in a makeshift tent. It's like scouts' uh, tents. And we were there for several months. And after the war is finished around my village, we went back. My mother was alive. 
And uh, basically, I said to my mother as a teenager, why you did not go with us? Mm. And I discovered that my mother was strong. She was the treasurer. She was everything. Dad was a, a farmer. Mm. And she said to dad, you take the children. You can protect them. I'm going to stay here. This is our home, our land, our mm. church. And if they want to kill me, they need to kill me in my home. So she lived uh, about uh, 85 years old. And my dad lived 96 years old. And uh, so when we came back, Shane, literally uh, five Palestinian villages around my village in the Galilee area close to Akka uh, in the north, uh, west of Galilee, were destroyed. Mm. That means the creation of the state of Israel, according Alan Pappy, an Israeli Jewish historian in the Haifa University, and now he teaches in England, 530 villages were destroyed all over America, uh, all over uh, Palestine, and close to a million Palestinians. Palestinian became refugees. Mm. In the north, they went to Lebanon, around the Sea of Galilee, they became refugees in Syria. In the middle of Palestine, became refugees in the West Bank and, and uh, Jordan. And of course, from the south of Jaffa, 65 villages were destroyed and the people went to Gaza. So I want our audience to realize the moment you say Gaza, that means 75% of the people in Gaza are refugees. So yes. in our writing right now, uh, and our our thinking, even though the, uh, the basically what happened to us, uh, the Nakba of 1948, the Nakba continued, but right now we are calling this the second Nakba, what is happening together. You cannot understand until you see. The problem, uh, Shane, is in the U.S. media, you see 1%. In the Palestinian and other media, you see everything raw and the destruction of Gaza, the destruction right now while we are talking in Rafah, uh, it's amazing. It's, it's something yes. uh, uh, is a yeah, and as we're recording this, uh, we, we don't know exactly what will be happening uh, as you're listening, but right now there's uh, over a million, almost a million and a half folks that are in this little area of Rafa that is under attack. And right now we have, there's the beginning of the bombing, but also a siege of that space where everybody's been pushed into. And I think it's, you know, it's important, Dr. Fahed, for folks that haven't been over to that, that your, your homeland, um, um, that this entire area of Gaza is about the size of Philadelphia. Uh, and in fact, many of us are doing a walk, a pilgrimage for peace in solidarity that is the size of Gaza. So we're walking uh, that land. Um, and it, it's a, such a small space that, um, and so many lives at stake, like you said, it's one of the most populated, densely populated areas in the entire world right now. So the thought that there could be more bombing and violence there than they've already experience is horrific. I agree. And uh, what we're going to do is duplicate what you're doing from Philadelphia uh, uh, in Atlanta. There is an Episcopal uh, 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 priest uh, in our coalition, and she we're going to have a meeting this coming Monday. And during Lent, we want to do the same thing you are doing in uh, in Philadelphia. This is something that we really uh, need to focus on, that all of us grieve with Israel on October the 7th. Yeah. We condemn it. But I want my American sisters and brothers in the Jewish community and in the Christian community and the Muslim community to say what Israel is doing after October the 7th. Right now, the number is close to 100 
100,000 people injured, uh, close to 30,000 people uh, are dead, and the majority are children and women, and they're still under the rubber. That what is Israel is doing to the people of Gaza, it's uh, wrong, must be condemned, and uh, it's never again, not only for the Jewish people, for the Palestinian people, for the Native American, for every human being. We mm-hmm. need to discover our humanity. Shane, every time I, I took a group uh, to Israel-Palestine, I always wanted them to experience uh, the Yad Vashem or the Holocaust Memorial in uh, in uh, in uh, Jerusalem because when you go in and you go out you lose your humanity yeah. so in the evening when I reflect with the people uh, that are with me I say to them going through that museum to remember what happened to the Jewish people six million people were gas killed in Germany that experience gave me more power against the occupation. That experience gave me more power uh, against uh, uh, basically the settlement, give me more power against the brutal occupation of the Palestinian people. I mean, imagine after uh, I told you my story, basically from 1948 to 1967, I couldn't leave my village without going to the Israeli military government. Imagine Mm -hmm. uh, just a million people became refugees. The only people that stayed being became citizens of the state of Israel, only 155,000. So we are citizens of the state of Israel, but in the minds of the Israelis, we are occupied. So they created 65 laws to control our lives for work, health, education, and movement. So basically, anytime I wanted to leave my village, I must go to the Israeli uh, Al-Hakim Al-Askari governor and get a permit. If I am found outside my village without a permit, I go to court uh, and if I don't have the money, I go to jail. So I never forget Shane, when I came to the United States, January that went 1966 mm. to Lakeland to study. Uh, my uh, on that Thanksgiving uh, that same year, my uh, roommate wanted to take me to uh, Detroit. So I, my my mind, I'm still living in Galilee. I said, when are we going to go to the uh, to the military government to get a permit? Huh? It, it's mm. just like a, I'm still bubbling like a child right now, almost 80 year old man still remembering that experience. He mm. said, forget about where you came from. We are free. So moving from Georgia, from Florida to Georgia without a permit, from Georgia to Tennessee without a permit, driving all the way to Detroit, it was the most freeing experience of my life. That means wow. yeah. mm. if I can drive from Galilee all the way to Iraq without a permit. That, I still remember it right now. Go ahead. Wow. No, I, I you know, I, and I've, I've been a part of the powerful conference over there in Bethlehem, um, the Christ at the Checkpoint many times. And uh, if you all haven't seen this, this conference is happening this year, Bethlehem uh, University. Bethlehem Bible College uh, are hosting um, this gathering, and you know the the, the nativity scene that we had at Christmas. Uh, doc, uh, Dr. Fahed was uh, uh, the Magi trying to get to Jesus with the wall separating them, right? And um, we think of this land that uh, you know has now been called the most uh, sophisticated apartheid in the world. That word apartheid, of course, meaning meaning separation, and going back to the separation in, in um, South Africa. Um, and, and, you know, what I've heard from so many folks as I've gone over there is all that they're asking is that every Palestinian be valued with the same sacredness of their life, with the same dignity.
dignity and the same right as every person on the other side of the wall in Israel. A lot of my friends have said, we, we don't even, you know, one state, two state, all we're asking is for equal status, like for, for the dignity. And now we hear Netanyahu and others saying they can't even imagine um, uh, in Palestinian as a people or as a, as a state. And um, this is not just about, it's not like a, a sports game where we're choosing sides, right? This is a, a battle for all of us until the lives in uh, Gaza are seen as just as precious as every life in, in, in Israel, until every baby that is killed in uh, Rafa is valued just as precious as a child that's killed in Jerusalem. Like this is this is what we're up against, right? And it, it's, it doesn't seem like uh, you, we should have the resistance that we have to just saying we want to be seen as equally precious. And all these folks that say all lives matter, uh, all lives can't matter until uh, those that are most vulnerable, the, those that Jesus called the least of these, those who are most marginalized uh, are valued. And so that's really what at stake, isn't it, Dr. Fahed? I agree. And I like the framing of Dr. Jeff Helper and uh, his framing. There's a difference between the Zionist ideology and the human right ideology. Mm. The Zionist ideology says the land of Israel belongs exclusively to the Jewish people. The peace and human right ideology says two people reside in Israel, Palestine, and each has right of self-determination. Uh, the Zionist ideology says since Israel is the victim fighting for its existence, it is exempt from accountability for its action. Mm. The human rights ideology says Israel is a major regional superpower that must be held accountable for its action. Mm. The Zionist ideology says both sides must end the conflict. Human rights ideology says there is no symmetry of power between the two sides. Mm. And uh, Zionist ideology says Israel policies are based on concern for security. The human rights ideology says Israel pursues a proactive policy of expansion into the occupied Palestinian territory based on settlement and control. To me, uh, you cannot understand the issue right now. I'm convinced you cannot understand what's happening in Gaza without understanding something called colonialism and settler colonialism. Yeah, England goes to India as a colonial power. England, France, and others go to Europe, uh, I mean to Africa, as a, as a colonial power. They suck the resources and use the people and go home. A settler colonial is the U.S., Canada, and uh, Australia. We manage to eliminate the Native Americans. So uh, settler colonial, I want to eliminate the natives. Take the land and use the resources. Mm, yeah. America, Canada, and Australia succeeded. Imagine, Shane, if you are a Zionist, and after 75 years... The people who were 155,000 in the state of Israel, now they are 2 million. Mm. In mm. Gaza, 2 million point three. In the West Bank, 2 million point eight. For the first time in 75 years, Shane, we have 50% Israeli Jews and 50% uh, uh, Palestinian Arab Christians and Muslims. So if you are a Zionist and you wanted the land without the people, you go crazy. So the action of Israel in Gaza shows a settler colonial ideology. It has nothing to do with Judaism. Christianity or Islam. Yeah, and, and just if, if folks missed uh, the conversation we had with Mitri Rehab, uh, he does a whole, he's written an incredible uh, ton of books, but we've we've read 
had uh, Faith in the Face of Empire um, and his uh, newest book as well. It's it's really powerful talking about settler colonial uh, uh, the 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 settler um, colonialism. And you know, um, Dr. Fahed, for folks that are listening right now, I mean, one of the things that you uh, talk so powerfully about is is your mother and the courage of women. And it's been said that you could draw a fault line in America uh, between male aggression and female conscience because not not exclusively gender or women but like moms demand action the women through history that have spoken against war the women that have advocated for human rights to think of all the courageous uh, women uh, in Gaza right now um, and and you think of all these wars and all of this violence and Netanyahu and now Biden and uh, like the 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 aggression and the militariza- militarization of the world has often been um, at the hands of men with power and the women have been the resistance and female conscience. And so I don't know if you want to say more about, uh, I know there's groups that you're connected I to, do. like I do, women wage basically, peace. And, we, yeah, go ahead. Exactly. Because basically any war, the victims are women and children. And that's true in in, uh, in Gaza. But as I think about my mother, you know, uh, she completely change your mind about a Palestinian woman, a Muslim woman, and a Christian woman. I mean, dad was a farmer. We were eight children, five sisters, and uh, three brothers. Re- basically, my mother was the spiritual nurturer. She mm. was the treasurer. Mm. She was the uh, uh, decision maker. She was everything. So I want to salute the, the Palestinian mothers, sisters, uh, all of the women. They are the backbone of liberation for African-American, for any oppressed people. The mothers are the cornerstone of liberation and love and nurturing. The Palestinians cannot survive if we did not have the power of women behind us to struggle and they struggle with us. I agree with you. Mm. And uh, I often think of the, the words of uh, the great uh, Sikh activist and lawyer Valerie Carr in uh, New York, and she says uh, that she was struck by the darkness of the moment we're living in. And she said, at first I thought it's the darkness of the tomb, but then I thought maybe this is the darkness of the womb. And it's not that uh, everything is dying, but everything is maybe just about to be born. And uh, of the great you know, Indian activist Aaron and Dottie Roy, who said that uh, not only is another world possible, but another world is already here. On a quiet day, I can hear her breathing. So there's that sense of hope and even this idea that we're midwiving a better world. And I would love for you to close in the last few minutes, Dr. Fahed. If you're just listening in, by the way, our guest is Dr. Fahed Abu Akhel. Uh, He's an incredible leader and elder to the movement of liberation. He's from Galilee, the Galilee. I've been there, brother. I ate some fish out of there and thought, these fish could be related to the fish that Jesus ate, but this holy land where so many unholy things are happening right now. And Reverend Fahed, I wonder if um, you might tell us a few things that we can do right now. People listen to this and they're like, sometimes feel powerless. But I think of Mandela when he said, before every social revolution, a lot of people said it's impossible. And after the revolution, everyone said it was inevitable, but it's not inevitable. We make history. We don't just watch history. So tell us how we can take action. It's very uh simple. Right now, we need to get in touch with our two senators and one representative and the President of the United States and the Secretary of State and say, cease fire now. That's number one. Number two, as you think about the situation, the Israeli 
and the American support for Israeli policies in Gaza is a win-lose scenario. We, the people, need to look at a win-win scenario. We need, really, Israeli Jews and Palestinian Arabs to live as yeah. equal under a constitution, under the law. Remember, there is no security for Israelis without Palestinians. There is no security for Palestinians without Israelis. So the, the land is loved by both people. We need to affirm both people. But right now, our really foreign policy in the U.S. says that Israel must win and destroy the Palestinian. That is not going to work. And I always said, you know, uh, everybody says, condemn October the, the, the 7th. And that, to me, we condemn it. But we want you to condemn what Israel is doing right now to the Palestinian people. The majority are women, the children, and innocent people. And in the name of God, we need to stop and ask for ceasefire. Hallelujah. In the name of God, I think of that uh, that scripture that says, true religion that God honors as pure and faultless is this, to care for the widows and the orphans in their distress and to keep ourselves from being corrupted by this world. And we think of the, the corruption of power and of violence that is poison to the gospel. It's poison to the, 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 the theology of Jesus, the uh, prince me, of peace, we are the living, lifestyle. Yeah, go ahead, brother. We, we, we need to say right now to everyone, people of faith or no faith, the faith in God need to liberate me to love God and love hmm. other people. If the God I believe in want me uh, to demonize everybody else beside me, that's the wrong faith. I want a Jewish faith, Christian faith, Muslim faith to liberate me to love God and love my neighbor. If that is not the equation, something is wrong in our faith. That's it. God is love. And so if our faith does not manifest itself in love, then we've got to question our religion because nobody kills with more passion than some someone who believes that God is on their side. But if scripture is right, and if the word made flesh in Jesus is right, we know what God is like. God is love. And what we see happening right now in Gaza is not love, and we have got to be an interruption to it. So we're out of time, but I want to say go to uh, redletterchristians.org, and you can see all the actions that we're taking. Um, we're going to be doing pilgrimages for peace. Dr. Fahed going to be doing one down in Georgia. We're doing one in Philly. Every day of Holy Week, we're going to be walking together, praying for peace, but then we are also going to be making phone calls to our legislators, and we will be doing a direct action, getting on our knees outside of Lockheed Martin on Good Friday. Lockheed Martin is the biggest weapons contractor in the world, making millions and millions of dollars off the bloodshed in Gaza. They make the planes that are dropping the bombs. So this is not just a war of Israel. This is a war of the United States and even a war of theologies, a war where the very gospel is at stake. So let's stay true to Jesus. Thank you, Dr. Fahed Abu Akhel. Thank you for being our guest. Thanks even more for your life and for your witness. Thank you. All right, my brother. Uh, but I, I turned well, your how video did it go? Off. It went good. If I ever kind of jumped in on you, it was only because you got a little bit glitchy, but it's really good, brother. It's really, it's going to be fine, but I don't want you to think I was interrupting you. If you kind of went out no. on sound, I just jumped in. But is there anything you want to say that we didn't get in? No, I wanted uh, uh, basically do another 
there is a, a fellow by the name of Alex Awad. He is right now speaking in Asia. When he comes back, I'd like for both of us to deal with the issue of Christian Zionism. Let's and, do that. We'll make sure that we do that. And we'll get Diana to be on that uh, as well. Uh, yeah. I wish you can also host, I wish you can host uh, Stephen Sizer. To me, he is the best one that deal with Christian Zionism because at this point, Christian Zionism in America is influencing the U.S. policy Yes, uh, uh, in that. So we need to hit that on the nail. And I did not want to go to it here because it needs a, 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 you a know, thorough, just we, to focus on it. We would love to organize that. I'm going to take that to our team. We do what we call faith forums, where they're like topics. So we could do a faith forum and a panel on Christian Zionism. So thank you, brother. Yeah, well, we love you and we're grateful for your voice. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Red Letter Christians podcast. Too often, Christians have used our faith as a ticket into heaven and a license to ignore the world we live in. But at Red Letter Christians, we believe our faith is not just about going to heaven when we die, but also about bringing heaven to earth while we live. For more information on Red Letter Christians and upcoming events, additional resources, you can go to the show notes or our website, redletterchristians.org. You can also support Red Letter Christians by giving a one-time donation or becoming a monthly sustainer. Just go to our website and click the red donate button. Thank you for being a part of this conversation and for being a part of this movement.